What's up guys? Welcome to this new episode of my podcast The Lucid Dreamers. I'm Rajat Kumar and today we have a guest with us. That's right. She's a writer, she's an excellent painter, she's a filmmaker, does photography and also ventured in modeling for Instagram while she was in New York City. But above all, she's a wonderful friend and just an amazing human being. Her name is Shreya Bahira and she's here to talk with me about her book Unwise Love. It is a collection of poems and is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle edition. I've read the book twice and if I have to sum it, sum up all my thoughts then I'd say that this book is like a hand on my shoulder telling me that you're not alone in this journey of life and we are all together in this. Her imagination and detailing is beyond me and every poem is like a different dimension. We had an absolute blast talking about it and I just can't wait for you all to hear it. Sit back, relax and enjoy this conversation and I'll see you all on the other side with my recommendation for the book that I just read and the film that I recently saw and absolutely loved. Cheers. All right. Kreshre, as I fondly call you, I think every conversation with you is a podcast in itself the only difference here would be the fact that people are going to listen to it now and nothing gives me more happiness than the fact that you are the first guest on my show and i'm so pumped up for our conversation going ahead what do you think <laughs> all right rajat kumar underscore 555 as i like to call you now <laughs> i don't know how we got into calling each other by our instagram names but it's become a thing now it's a shreya and rajat thing uh no thank you for having me on your podcast it feels um like a deja vu moment honestly because somewhere um in my random visions i had this thing that we would do this and it would be so cool because as you rightly said all our conversations feel like a podcast in itself we've discussed innumerable things and i'm so glad that it's finally happening like officially and it'll be like out there for the world to hear huh, so it's fun and yeah film school i did not think that i would make a friend uh friendship that would last for so many years uh ever since like the school ke, uh, school curriculum and school itself came to an end but i'm super glad to have found you there because not only have you just been somebody who added value or been a well wisher for me you've also been like a trustworthy friend and somebody i could really rely on in tough times and that to me matters so much more than you'll ever know we can do this all day you know we can do this all day we can talk about you and me all day and what uh, where we met and what happened and all that but talking about new york city and film school i really have an important question that i want to ask you before we move ahead okay um okay so you have to tell me what it felt like to stand at 4 o'clock in freezing morning in front of Gigi Hadid's building waiting for Zayn Malik to walk out and then how did it feel when you fucked up the entire picture by crying and <laughs> i'm standing oh god when you put it that way you make me appear like this stalker but um... no but no no let me tell everyone that you're not a stalker you are absolutely in love with Zayn Malik since i don't know when <laughs> I remember when we met you used to show the poems that you had written for him and yeah. a lot of stuff that you please you it is better that you talk about him rather than yeah, I talk about your you. relationship thank <laughs> you thank you for clarifying that because uh, usually when you put it that way or otherwise also when a girl is standing in front of a guy's house that way it's assumed like this 
crazy woman scenario which i'm absolutely which i absolutely am in some ways but just not in this case so yeah um i think i was about 15 when i came across this picture of zain malik and um i was a teenager he looked cute i wanted to know i'm more. sorry so it started with a picture it started with a picture actually it started with a picture uh, okay nice <laughs> a picture that was not in a hair salon for once back then but yeah um it started with a picture and i was really curious about who this person is so um i just looked him up further and uh it led me to this music video what makes you beautiful which at the time was the thing it had taken over um teenage girls all over the world and i was I no remember. different i was no different so i think when i listened to that music video i was going through my own uh drama at the time childhood teenage drama stuff before you really grow up uh and it was really calming and a warm feeling to like be listening to a uh, typical pop songs from a boy band <laughs> especially <laughs> when all five of them were like really attractive and not just that they had personalities because i got that a lot as a teenager that why are you into these five good looking go- uh, guys with no talent whatsoever and i would be like have you like tried to find out anything about their personalities they are super right. fun and they each had Uh, a very unique and distinct personality from each other so, so that was very interesting to me as a 15 year old and somehow zain stood out he's really mysterious he's super artsy and he's this quiet lad um super introverted and i think that just uh the kind of people that i really like nothing right, has right. changed in that aspect also so <laughs> um i think that just stayed on because uh, apart from having this whole personality of a mysterious bad boy he yeah. also is somebody who has inspired me at different times in my life so zain's story uh, begins with him being a pakistani lad or a lad with a pakistani origin in the uk but born in uk right yeah uh, yeah born and brought up in the uk but his origin is uh, very desi very desi roots they are from pakistan and uh, what i've read on the internet is that he did not even have a passport before uh he went to the x factor and you know he it was just his mom who just woke him up from his sleep one morning and was like go audition i think you you can do it and he just went there very casually sang his song and you know he is a man of few words so right. then say march and he got selected and just never looked back i think so right. that was very inspiring for me as uh and you know representation really matters in today's culture be it in cinema be it on like reality tv or True. talent shows and True. for me seeing somebody of uh desi origin a brown person uh and him living the dream was truly inspiring it made me uh, think that things are possible for me as well and it does not matter where i am from like absolutely so yeah that that was so, pretty nice so if you if you i mean if you wanted to put it in a in a short you know in the shortest way possible what do you think he represents like he represents i know he represents uh, asia the asian culture asian culture living in uk and uh-huh. uh, a lot of things but for you what does he represent for you and also uh, there's another question i'll just put it out there and how much of everything that is that is being put out there about him 
how much of it you think is true and like you said he's artsy and he you know he likes yeah. to say by himself and all of that how much do you think is true how much do you imagine is true and how much do you think could be different of of you know different from the truth the real truth hmm okay well to begin with since you asked me what he represents to me to me he has been an idol not just like in the conventional sense but as i just said that his story has been something that resonates and um uh and also like because um uh, i don't know if you know that but he is somebody who's dealt with anxiety himself and somebody who left um the boy band uh, uh like during its peak just so right. that he could express his truth more authentically um so that he could stay stay true to himself and ever since then he's been doing just that he's not been as involved with the media or uh, i think he he just is somebody who likes his pri- uh, privacy and he's been doing a great job at that and uh, speaking of um how real or how uh, authentic he seems or whatever we read about him seems i think it's very easy to tell through his art that uh, more than the music it's where it comes from and with zayn's music it's like when you listen to certain bits you can tell that he's trying to imbibe more of his roots and he's being very experimentative with his stuff and uh, you don't see a lot of people do that so for me that is something that i really admire about him and coming back to your original question how did it feel to meet him yeah of, of course like it was a dream come true and i i always knew it was going to happen to me someday but i just didn't know that it would play out the way it did so uh, i i thought i would faint pretty frankly but <laughs> uh but when it did happen all i could do was say nothing and cry i think crying is a personality trait of mine by now so <laughs> yeah that is what happened <laughs> right but you see if we have to talk about new york city and our film school experience we we'll have to do another episode all together but you know it brings us to the main elephant in the room which i really want to address and that elephant is the book <laughs> this book called unwise love which i absolutely loved where it brings me is that uh, i really wanted to ask you this question that i know you like writing i know you uh, i know you write prose i know you write screenplays but why did you write a book of poems yeah i do write prose i do write screenplays i do write songs but um... yeah i mean you could have made a film about it you could you could have made anything that you wanted why did you just write poems how do you resonate with the poems so much and not with i i'm sure it's not like uh, it's i'm not trying to compare poems with anything else but what does a poem do to you while writing or while reading okay uh, i like this question well i think to understand that you would want to know about my uh, childhood or teenage years i think i grew up in a environment i grew up in a joint family and the environment was often pretty chaotic and both my parents were working at their still work so uh, my mom is the principal of a school now and my dad is kind of retired but at that time things were pretty chaotic and i don't think that uh, i had a medium to really express myself in ways that were healthy so poetry and writing poems was my escape and it started uh, uh, somehow like uh, it started this way like my grandfather um, his name is vithal rao bahirat he used to read a lot of newspapers and he has he ha- he had this book of quotes that he had collected over the years because in that zamana there was no computer and internet he would just take it from uh, different magazines and newspapers and save it 
uh, that was full of like life lessons the treasure chest of life lessons and more uh, more often than not there would be poetry as well in it so there was this one time i remember very clearly in my head that uh, uh, it, there was a poem by atul bihari vajpayee about uh, love for india and you know it was just a patriotic piece around some like independence day or republic day something that was published in the newspaper right right and my grandfather he read it out so passionately to me and he's like this is the kind of love you should have for your country and uh, well all the politics of it aside because you know this person belongs to a certain political group that uh, i don't agree with its views in present time but yeah the the words the kind of emotions and where they came from impacted me very greatly and the expression of um the love one holds for their nation it 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 felt so pure and so beautiful that right. i started doing that very often whenever i would love something or whenever something would have an impact on my internal world or my feelings it felt like a very uh uh it felt like a very soothing or cathartic experience even as a child even though i did not know the meaning of catharsis back then i i it would just make me feel so much lighter putting pen to paper and just writing things out and there was no training for it it just would come naturally right so i continued doing that as i grew up so in my teenage years whenever i would go through a breakup or something would hurt me like school or something i would just write about it and it would be out of my mind it would be out of my system so that whole experience the whole process of getting things out of your mind that something that has been bothering you for so long just out there on paper right. where it's going to be safe nobody to judge right, right, nobody right. to um, tell you that this shouldn't be this way this shouldn't be that way you just allowed to gain more and more clarity about your own thought process was very magical for me and um, right. i never stopped reading poems i think i just continued reading uh, poetry from different people from across the globe in different languages and each and every poem that i read it made me feel all the more uh, like um truly knowing the soul of that person i know it sounds right, really yeah. it, it might sound all filmy and it sounds romantic to be honest but yeah, uh, you know i'm a yeah, poet but... rajat after all right. like, romanticism <laughs> naturally so i've i've seen one thing that uh, there are a lot of uh, pages on instagram and facebook where there are poets coming and writing uh, and you know and penning down their thoughts and everything and there's this community building but i think uh, i don't know I, I i would like to know it from you that how is the scene for poets uh, happening right now like uh, are the, is our poets dying or is that instagram helping po- poets to or uh, you know to build a different place for themselves or uh, like personally i like the conventional way of reading poems like in a book or so, about something rather than random words about uh, because it a book is a space in itself altogether how does it work for you how do you see it hmm okay so when you speak about uh, how the poetry scene is right now i think it's evolving every single day uh, because um, well i went to an icse school and poetry was a huge part of our curriculum and it was something that really um, grabbed all my attention and i would often be engrossed in trying to understand what the poets meant but uh, most of it was not really as res- uh, relatable for me because they wrote about like highland lasses and what not and i live in a city in india so for me not a lot of it was relatable in terms of like the their description 
but the right. emotion the emotion was something that was very easy to resonate uh, whenever i read a piece so for me uh, what matters is that the right emotion the purity of that emotion and that right feeling is there in my work as well and uh, when you speak of like the poetry scene right now uh, i think we've really right. seen it evolve because um, like earlier it was just reading and there were people who would narrate poems but i think in the past couple of years the spoke, spoken word genre has really like skyrocketed uh, with more and more uh, people performing their pieces now and i myself right. have performed some of my work in uh, new york while i was there and here in hyderabad as well uh, so uh, the entire experience of reading poems and performing it or you know even through uh, even expressing it through the visual medium because right now with youtube lot of people when they write stuff they also uh, put it in terms of like videos and right. each has its unique traits and its uniqueness um like that sets right. it apart from something else right right mm-hmm. but, but look look i understand what you're trying to say that there are you uh, there are poets there are artists who have successfully used youtube for their own benefit but what i'm trying to ask you is what about those who are randomly writing poets and you know the musings on instagram and twitter and i just want to know what about them how will how can a person how can a poet find his own destiny on instagram or twitter i'm not saying that everybody okay. has to publish okay. a book okay. or something but what do you think about those poets on instagram or twitter i mean i don't see why not because if you're able to connect with people be it on any platform right. i think that to me is 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 good enough to make a start because uh, yeah. i i don't think i started off by reading some uh, like great literary works or something i started off reading like i mean not on uh, i did start reading some great literary work in my curriculum and stuff but you know as we moved into the digital age on instagram also even somebody living right across the street just putting their thoughts together feels like wow i can relate to this person and i know them a little better now and that instantly forms a connection and i think in the world we live in right now where we are like so isolated uh, right, this kind right. of connection is it becomes all the more precious so uh, for me that is the beauty of it and uh, also uh, my work if you look at it was previously just put on instagram as captions and so many poets have like risen or continue to grow to greater heights through this self expression on social media like take rupi kaur for that instance she does right. get her share of uh, i think not so good reviews and people have their own opinions of her but right. i think in her own way she's contributing to the world and that is what matters to me if you are being authentic, your authentic self and you are putting your thoughts out there in in the best way that you know how and it's helping people who am i to criticize so there's a quote in this book i've read it's called letters to a young poet and it's by rainer maria uh, it goes something like works of art are of an infinite loneliness and nothing can reach them so little as criticism so i don't think um, me having an opinion on people who put out their thoughts on instagram or any of us really you know forming an opinion about it of course we are entitled to our opinion but there's no need to like go ahead and criticize them because people are in the uh, in the end free to do what they what they want to and especially if they are putting something as um as 
intimate as their poetry out there i think we should only uh, respect right so poetry. my only intention behind this was to know if you feel like poets as a uh, you know poets as a race are dying or is uh, is or is it mm-hmm. rising from its ashes again in a new form is, is it taking a new i don't form? think poetry as a uh, as an art form can ever die as long as uh there is human emotion there will be poetry that i would like go ahead to say that even with like the technological advancement for that matter ai trying to write poetry is something that i read uh, or watched a couple of uh, uh, months ago and i was like okay i don't know how i feel about that possibility but let's see what happens when it happens so but for me the essence of poetry is the emotion behind it and the very humanness of it right right so, yeah. right so i read this book twice okay and what i saw is that there are poems which are 2 to 3 pages long and there are poems which last only for four lines so what i'm trying to ask you is that is there a specific way for you to approach a poem or is there a template or do you just follow your gut how does it work for you well see uh i don't think i really follow a structure because as i said for me it's more about just understanding myself better when i write poetry and also expressing myself because it's only when i express what's in the mind that comes as a stream of consciousness honestly i most uh, most poems that you've read in that book um they were not even edited for like a second draft or something it was just as it came and that's how it's gone out in the world for me it's the rawness of it the very um unedited vulnerability that is like it's literally my feelings on a paper dude so there's no editing or no filters there at all and uh, i may not be able to do it in real life as uh, well as i do it in my writing so for me that was um, fun discovering that was fun um what was your other question something else you asked the the length of the poems um uh, i think the thing with poetry is that one thing i don't try to do i just do it so i'm not trying to express something using like three pages worth of words or trying to express something using just four lines it just in that moment it happened and it comes to you yeah it just happened and i feel like it did justice so i put it out there uh having said that i'm i'm not sure if i'm happy with each and every poem that's in the book but right. i knew that putting them in that exact order told a story in itself when you look at the book as a whole right. uh, and i think that is what sets it apart from randomly posting on instagram and right. you know putting it out as a book so for me speaking of that journey uh, when you read the book also as different poems it uh, it still expresses or showcases one story and um right that was again it was it was it was daunting at first to tell your story in such an unedited format but i think sometimes you just need to do what you got to do this was one of those things that i needed to do not something i really wanted to do also it was just something that needed to be done for my uh, own growth i think so okay when i read the book uh, and when i read all the poems i felt there was a lot of uh, i i've mentioned this to you before as well and i want everyone all the listeners to know as well that the way you have uh, detailed everything you know mm-hmm. either you have a great imagination which i know you have 
and also you have a great memory right mm-hmm. that's how because the way you have mentioned details about experiences and about scenes or, or you know uh, points of your life i think it is uh, it helps me create a picture it helps me create a picture of that person of you or the or the place where you were in or the objects that were around you or the lamp post or anything or the road or anything that mm-hmm. you have mentioned you know it, it helps me create a picture so tell me about the journey i i mean uh, how personal was it and you know a lot of people i know have said that you know it is a personal vendetta which i personally do not believe in at all because uh, this book is not for them it's i believe this book is for you what do you feel about it so for me uh, yes as you said uh, the, uh, like the whole process uh, as i spoke of before as well has been very personal it has been like a coping mechanism growing up which slowly turned into something that i enjoyed do- doing something that i had to do for my survival more or less because uh, when i'm writing you know rajat it never feels like i'm writing for the world it has always been like writing for yourself writing so that i can survive because it feels like if i don't get those words out there on the paper i'm going to die or something it it is always felt that way and um and that is why every other form of work that i put out be it like professional or something where i'm just doing work it never feels as fulfilling as poetry does which is also why i must have gone ahead and put out a book of poems as my debut uh, as my debut work and um yeah i did it for myself but when people who read it uh, and they, they then come to me and associate their own stories with uh, feelings and uh, uh, incidents that i have described in my poems it it is it is a whole new level of um um i i don't know what the right word for it is but it kind of humbles you that uh, right. you putting your um hidden or like the otherwise not so visible um um imperfect self imperfect yeah. self right, out right. there on the pages and somebody else reading it and finding uh, pieces of their own stories pieces of their own um like struggles or um, yeah. fragments from the past you know they can relate yeah difficult emotions right. uh like that they were not able to maybe express as well in uh, my work that people don't want to face in real life yeah, sometimes that for yeah. any artist is 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 like the ultimate validation i think or uh, uh, that even if one person tells me that you know this book bro, like this book made me feel like i'm not alone that to me is success and uh, again uh, there was something else that you asked me like how important is it for me that people should or why should people read my book yeah so uh, it i have this bucket list and as i said this the, these poems they just felt like they came from a very pure place with a very pure intre- in, intention and when you put work that is so pure out there it can only reach others who are uh, at a frequency to receive that kind of uh, thing and also people can understand your poetry or uh, uh, or any piece of art to the depth in which they have until un- which they have understood themselves so uh, of course i get different kind of feedback and different kind of views which is very interesting because it tells me so much more about the reader themselves it doesn't speak of my work but it speaks more about them 
so that has been very interesting and uh, everything is a process and when it comes to writing uh, and it will continue to be for years to come i don't know if i will sell 10000 copies or what but i would obviously be more than happy if that happens and because i myself have bought uh, books of poets be it like sara k or clementine wonder uh, wonderx and on like those wistful nights when i just want to be uh, covered in my blanket and just read or like let my emotions flow uh, and just observe them not judge them i have held a poetry book in my hand and all it has done is made me feel like super comfortable it felt like a warm hug which is what i would want my books to do and more often than not in the society that we live in today we are so conditioned to behave a certain way or act a certain way or you know present ourselves in a way that we may not really be in our core right so right for me writing poetry was a very rebellious act uh, more often than not i'm a very emotional person as you already know but now the read, uh, listeners know as well and the readers obviously they know by now so for right. me um uh like i was often told like itna kyu roti hai or why do you cry so much or why do you need so much um reassurance or why are you so emotional about everything uh and that as a sensitive emotional person hurt you somewhere so when you um, are... um, i just add one thing to it so your friends uh, would call you itna roti ki itna emotional kyu one general or one general slang that people say it around india around uh, hindi speaking people itna senti kyu ho raha hai bhai itna senti mat ho yaar itna senti kyu ho raha hai itna emotional kyu ho raha hai but please carry on this is what you are saying right people used to uh, you know accuse you of being way too sentimental right uh, like it has happened with me yeah, so yeah it's, it's more often than not felt like an accusation rather than like an observation or something so right. for me i never understood it because that was also a part of me that i have to embrace even if nobody else does you have to live with yourself right, right. and when you are living with a uh, difficult parts of your yourself you also have to create space for those parts of you right um and uh, i used to work um in like startup and even then uh, like environment was pretty dynamic there were deadlines to meet and life felt like it was pretty much on autopilot but just before the lockdown i had quit my job and you know i had a lot of time on my hand and i had a lot of reflections that were happening internally and uh, during that whole process i realized that like like i put it in one of my poems um like it's like i felt like i was very uh, overcrowded in if i were a city i would be one of those overcrowded cities with too many parks too many bridges too many uh, stories etched by more people than my heart can hold so i have right. to ensure that those parts of me found the space they deserve and it happened in the pages of my journal first then it trans uh, transmuted itself to the book that you hold in your hand today even so this is not the final vision that i had for my book i wanted it to ho- have like some of my photographs from these different portions of my life i um, remember when we were talking things. yeah, yeah. So unfortunately that is not how it happened with this book but inshallah i have time on my hands so and right. uh, there is more space now so let's see what happens No, I completely get it. I know uh, it's not an easy process to publish a book. I mean, with a com- uh, with a country of one point two five billion people, you know, to get your book out there in the market to write a book is a is a different thing altogether. But to publish a book in itself is a, a huge thing. And then to 
to imagine that you know you in your 20 something you know you've written a book and about uh, you know experiences about heartbreak and in a way it, it, you know some people you know may call it male bashing or anything but it's not for me but you know there are high chances of the person who's reading this book may get offended by the way you've written about a boy or anything you know and there are chances that people because not everybody is aware uh, you know not everybody is as open to uh, art you know in a way such as a poem uh, could you know what I'm trying to say is that not everybody can understand the meaning behind a poem. They're not everybody so accepting is what I'm trying to say without, but without I being think that offended. is what makes it all the more interesting for me because uh, it's a revolution then. This is right. my truth. And if people expect it to be uh, written about, uh, you know, in, in a better way, they should have acted better. I mean, that's where the accountability part comes in. But I, I think I can say this with confidence that I've been careful enough not to bash anybody in the book because um i totally agree with it yeah uh i mean if they if people find it that way again as i said uh it's their perspective it's one perspective out of many but uh as somebody who expressed those emotions and uh, using those words i've been careful enough and because it, i don't feel any kind of hatred or any kind of um, negative feelings towards anybody it was more of learning the self-compassion and compassion for those that, because of their own issues, might have ended up hurting you or themselves in the process. It was just that process right. of acknowledging that to myself. And, you know, it, it when you are in pain and you turn that pain into poetry, it, it is so, it's, it's untainted. You, you get a catharsis feeling? No, it's untainted from any kind of, uh, bashing and all of that because you're not even thinking about it the pain is so overpowering that you just want to get it out of you and again it's it, it, it just one version of the people that you've written about or about you that the book is not me it's just a part of me just as what I've written about uh, the people there is not them it's a part of them right so that's pretty much it so coming back to the book unwise love I think there are certain lines that moved me to no extent and uh, I really want to share, you know, what I took from this book of poems. There's a lot of things that I took from this book, but uh, I think the one verse, the one stanza, the one paragraph that, you know, I don't know, if, I'm not sure if they call it paragraph in poems. You can correct me. Stanza. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's what we learned in school <laughs> when I was daydreaming, right? So, <laughs> so the, the one stanza that worked for me was, and I'll read it. It goes so, there is no end to poetry. Some poems are just shorter than others. Just as there is no end to infinity. Some infinities are just smaller than others. And ours was that which was fleeting fast since the very start, a cosmic collision. Beautiful even in its destruction. <laughs> yeah, super romanticized. Um... But you have to, uh, you know... Just say something about it. Like, um, you know, sometimes things just come to you. Sometimes you think about them and you make it a point that I'll mention it. What was this? Yeah. And so... okay, just to add to it, this poem is a part from the poem uh, called Numbered Words. I mean, the name of the poem is Numbered Words. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. when you read it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, uh... I think the uh, wordplay or different things that I've, uh, different concepts that I've tried to include in the book 
uh, somehow show themselves in these stanzas. And uh, with this poem in particular, yeah, numbered words, it's um, to give the uh, listeners just a little insight into it. It's about um, somebody who's obsessed with numbers and somebody else who's obsessed with words and how they fall in love. So um, for me, uh, I think with this particular stanza, it pretty much tells you, it answers everything that you've asked me up to this point, right? And as you also mentioned on your Instagram a couple of days ago, it sums up the book for you. Maybe it does for a lot of other people as well. Some poems are just shorter than others. And uh, I think you can also see where my influences come from because uh, some infinities are smaller than others. Um, This quote is very heavily uh, influenced by John Green's books that I've read. And it's not the exact thing, but I think, I think now that I think about it, I also understand that, oh, it's not just poetry that has influenced me. It's, it's just the thoughts of different people that I've read that, uh, and, and uh, up to this point, it just feels like it's something you've read, but when you also experience that in your own life, it becomes a part of you somehow. So that would be something, uh, also from this form and, uh, beautiful even in its destruction so there is beauty even in the parts that don't appear so beautiful on the surface but if you really sit with it and you know you take the time to think about it or um, just let yourself remain in that discomfort you start to realize slowly but surely that everything that you go through every struggle every failure every uh, pain point has been a blessing in disguise it's been yeah. it's been a gift and even when people fall apart there doesn't have to be uh, ugliness to to it you know no matter right, how right. bad um, uh, the, the whole process of a breakup itself has been you can still hold um, these feelings of love that you felt for somebody and create beautiful things out of it so that you know i'll go ahead and just say this that in your own uh you know in your own beautiful creative way you've glorified breakups you've glorified destruction <laughs> you've glorified collisions and you know <laughs> and one uh you know one just doesn't have to look at something ending in a grim dark way but they can also you know look at uh, it in this way i mean a lot of people might just you know i'm i'm sure that there are a lot of people who look back at the past and they look at the things that they didn't mean to happen sometimes they just look at it and they say they, they they may think like yeah it just happened you know but to to be able to see stuff in a much bigger way and in a much broader sense i think that is a gift that you have or that is something that you have cultivated and even if you have cultivated i mean kudos to you because i hope you write more and more about uh, this stuff so that people who are going through this may relate it or to uh, relate it relate to it yeah. and you know they are not they are not sad and grim about it for yeah. the longest time you know it's been a personal observation that we tend to beat ourselves up and also form opinions about people that have broken our hearts uh, even if they did not intend to or you know like if you are a little bit even a little bit into psychology you will start to understand that you know our childhood shape us and we each tend to grow up with our own set of uh, attachment theories or uh, different coping mechanisms and different ways of dealing with things and looking at the world so when things don't work out between two people it's very easy because we are we ourselves uh, like the person 
experiencing the breakup is themselves in the state of mind where you are not able to really think clearly about it it's only after time has passed and you have reflected on it enough and you've looked yourself in the mirror or looked your looked at your own flaws and your own contributions to that um uh end that has led to that end that you start to realize that okay like this happened but what can i learn from this that is why i think the book uh, being named unwise love is also really apt because i don't think one can ever be wise in love uh, because you kind of start to flow with the whole emotions and uh, feeling of it but uh, it's it's always n- nicer to learn from your past and at the same time be compassionate towards your past version and their past version so that both of you learn and grow from it right right yeah right but for the for the readers of this book i'll say that you know if you're wise enough if you're really really wise enough you'll find my name somewhere in the book this is <laughs> all i'm saying that's again a plug in and uh, let's see who's wise enough uh, to understand unwise love and find my name in the book somewhere hidden so <laughs> so yeah i mean <laughs> wrapping up this entire thing i just want everybody to know that the book unwise love is available on amazon and one can buy the kindle version and also the book version the paperback version and if you want to add something shreya please go ahead krisher first of all rajat thank you so much for having me on your podcast this has been a great experience not just because it's been a platform for me to express myself but also because it's given me a lot to think about and it's been pretty interesting it's 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 actually like i'm used to having these kind of conversations with you but for once it's not on a phone call and it's going to be out there in public so that's very interesting right. <laughs> and uh, uh secondly to all the listeners um i hope you get my book and that you find something of value there whenever you do read it please please reach out to me and let me know what you think uh, of it i would love to hear from you uh amazon reviews and everything helps too so um yeah do connect i'm always looking forward to connecting with new people and getting to know them and their stories talking about everything under the sun including zen malik so yeah looking forward to that thank you so much krishre i definitely hope that uh, this is not the only episode that you feature in and i'm very happy and i'm very thankful to you for supporting me as an artist in in this new venture of mine and i certainly hope that you come up with new books and new stories and new screenplays and keep on working the way you do and all the best for everything thank you Hmm. All right. So that was my conversation with my friend Krish Ray, and I hope you all liked it. And I really hope that you all found something for yourself in it. Now, coming to the book of the week and the film, the film of the week. I don't think there's a separate book recommendation for you all because you all just heard an entire conversation about about a book that my friend wrote, and that is a book that I recommend you all to read. you can find it on amazon uh, if you can't order it because of the restrictions you can obviously download the kindle version which is fairly cheap it is somewhat around 140 rupees or 
could be 122. I'm not sure. You can check it out for yourself. Download the Kindle app and you, you, know, you can read it. Right. So the film that I really want you all to watch is called The Favourite. The film is directed by the genius Yorgos Lanthimos, who has also directed the film The Killing of a Sacred Deer and Dog Tooth and whatnot. And it stars Olivia Colman, Emma Stone and the beautiful, elegant Rachel Weisz. Why I want you all to watch this film is because it is an elegant spoof on period dramas. We all love period dramas. If you all have seen Game of Thrones or Rome or Troy or um, The Witcher, they make you feel unsafe. They are dangerous. They are always edgy and um, there's there's a lot of thrill in them. Uh, grand costumes and grand sets and epic performances. But this film is a spoof of all of them. It uh, it it sharply highlights the emptiness and the lovelessness of chasing human power and control. Yorgos Lanthimos talks about the other side of being a monarch. I mean, you laugh at the characters, you'll be ridiculed by their traditions and lifestyle, but you'll still care about this funny female trio of Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz, who without compromising their strength, also reveal their vulnerabilities and sorrow. The film is divided in eight chapters with quirky names. The sets are grand, the costumes are epic, and the performances are mind-blowing. I really recommend you all to watch this film because Yorgos Lanthimos is not your average Joe filmmaker. Every time he comes up with something, it has to be epic, it has to be mind-bending. But this film is absolute blast if you like watching dramas if you watch uh, if you like watching period pieces i definitely recommend you all to watch it do let me know how you feel about it you can contact me on my instagram my instagram handle is at rajat kumar underscore triple five please read the book unwise love you can review the book on amazon and you can also get in touch with shreya her instagram handle is at Shrey, and you can tell her if you like the book you can give her a shout out on instagram and I hope you all are safe during this pandemic and please follow the guidelines laid down by the government and take care.